Hello there, and welcome to the latest episode of the Sif Takers Snapshots podcast. Uh, joining me today is Mr. Polly. Hello there. Nice to hear from you, you sick man. <laughs> and we've got to the, uh, the, our Sif Takers own man child, Tom Reed. Hello there. I'm not so, sick. Yeah. I'm just having a sneezing fit right now. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a little, a little bit of sickness. No, I don't even know what it is. I haven't got A fever, I haven't got anything like that. They're just for some reason my body's decided to betray me and make me have a sneezing fit. Oh one second, I just put myself up. I hope he does that and doesn't get a chance to mute at some point. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> my, my sneezes are the largest thing you've ever heard in all your days. I don't know, I've been around you when you've had a few beers, you're pretty loud then. Probably. <laughs> Nothing is as loud as Bob snoring. You didn't hear me on Sunday night, or Saturday night. Oh. Emma could hear me from the other room. When he gatecrashed us in the regional in Scotland 2016, me and Nick Baker actually considered killing him. <laughs> we, we mistakenly let him sleep on our floor, and it was one of the worst decisions we've ever made. Yeah, but he, at least he's good to go for a drink with afterwards. Oh, yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> the aftermath was not <laughs> when when we all went to um, Birmingham Nationals uh, Bob was sick on the floor and lost his shoe and I was sick in, <laughs> sick in a toilet and uh, fell asleep actually in the toilet my shoulder still hurts to this day <laughs> <laughs> anyway X-Wing oh. um, so this is what X Wing's is... all about. This is what X Wing's all about: getting drunk with your mates. <laughs> this is what we're counting down to. Ill-advised middle-aged men drinking more than they normally do when they're away with their friends, pretending like they can still drink like they could in their early twenties, and then regretting it for about a week and a half afterwards. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. One day hangover for, for every pint consumed after the first. <laughs> no, I'm I'm hardly ever get hangovers. Except the time when we were at um, uh, the system open, the one that Jack won. Like I've never been rougher in my life after that night. <laughs> Any other time, I'm fine. So today we're just going to have a bit of a general chit-chat, aren't we? We're going to hit on a couple of things, mainly a little bit on the XTC, I think. Um, the Stiftic Cup final that Tom gloriously lost. Thanks. <laughs> That's my last joke, I promise. <laughs> I've had 35 minutes of it, so that's nice of you. You, t- you told me I weren't allowed to patronise you and say that you were a bit <laughs> unlucky. <laughs> no, and... unfortunately, that, that I was not. <laughs> you could lie about it and make yourself feel better. Yeah, then someone will watch the game and wonder if I was on some. <laughs> and then I'm sure we're all going to talk about a bit of real-life X-Wing because we're all very excited to actually play some, even though you two have had a little bit of a dabble, haven't you? A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit of a dabble. <laughs> Should we just kick off with a couple of housekeeping things? Yeah, go on. Um, first off, I just want to say if anyone gets the time, give the um, Tin Squadron's new um, podcast a listen. I think it's called, is it Hi-Ho? I listened to it today. Uh, what's it called? From the Mines. That's it. It was it was actually good, actually. It was a different take on a podcast. It wasn't what I was expecting because I didn't read it. I just listened to it because... Obviously, the friends of the show, um, and it's more of a, like a analysis of games that they've played rather than necessarily 
talking about the news and things like that, like other podcasts do. It was interesting. I liked it. Is it is it three hour long battle reports? Like no, they, no, it was, uh, um, it was very quick. It was more about um, spotting what they'd done wrong and then discussing it afterwards. You know, like things that you probably don't notice at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I think yeah, the first one. It is good. You should give it a listen. But I mean, they have both said that they call it the the average player's take on it. But it was good. I liked it. I thought it was good. Who's um, uh, who's who's on it? Who's doing it? Uh, who is it? Sean. Sean Oakley. Yeah. I can't remember the other guy's name. You know I'm not the best with names. You well dropped this on me. You mean it's not a Burnett? No, there's no Burnett at all. That can't be true. I, I mean, Sam. I can't believe you dropped a name on me. You know how bad I am at Well, I, I, I assumed that it was going to be, you know, you're going to say something like, it's probably a couple of Burnets because it's the Tin Squadron. But no, it turns out it's not the Burnets. Not even one of them. My and there's so many of them as well. I know. They could have had the best Burnett. Honestly. (laughs) (laughs) Get Nicky on. Another another little shout out for the um, Tins as well. They're they're running another event. Um, It's like a jank tank sort of event. Uh, I think it's a knockout. Sounds interesting. I've only just, they've only posted it today, so I haven't had a chance to properly read it. Yeah, it's a it's a normal jank tank event, but instead of just being able to swap out one upgrade, um, you can swap out one upgrade and one pilot. Um, so you're stuck with whatever chassis you're given, but you can trade. Like, so if you get, I don't know, bad example, I don't know, if you get Vader in the Defender, you can trade it out for something else cheaper, and then use those points to like buy an upgrade for something something else or whatever. So like. Yeah, you have to stay within the chassis that you've been drawn, but you can change a pilot and an upgrade, in or like one pilot, one upgrade in the whole list. So, like, a, probably a good example is if you get like a generic RZ two A wing, you can change it from Merle because he's cheaper, um, <laughs> and also better, like that that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it starts in June. The game says a few weeks before it starts so i'm looking at it and thinking i'm about to get into a period where i've got three concurrent weekly tournaments running so (laughs) i'm probably not gonna do it but i might change my mind depending on on how some of the ones i'm involved in go so i I might have a go depends how i feel it yeah it's jack tank though so it's one of those ones where if you're hyper competitive you kind of look at it and go i don't want to do that because i'll ask for a favoured faction, and I'll get some absolute bobbins, and I won't want to play it. And then I'll hate the five games that I have to play with it. Um, I mean, it's knockout, isn't it? So you know, if you do bad, you're done, aren't you? Oh, is it? Is it knockout? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's knockout. That might be better then. Yeah, it's not too bad as knockout. At least if you're drawing some horrendous, you only. I mean, I've picked some horrendous lists myself to take to tournaments and regret it as <laughs> yeah. soon as I've got there. <laughs> <laughs> It's when the, I think um, I'm a clever man, and I'm not. <laughs> it's the, 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 it was the warning, uh, the warning of um, Stee, um, Stee X-Wing um, from the Sith Takers, who went to his last big in-person event, and he took Quad Phantoms because he was sure it was going to be amazing, and he went 0-3 and dropped because he'd had about three reps with them, and he wasn't willing to fortress <laughs> in a corner. And then the day after, he took the list that he'd been flying loads um, and went 5-0, and and Got a world's yeah. invite. <laughs> it was like he couldn't use either. Yeah, there's a lesson there somewhere, isn't there? Oh, absolutely. You know, flying something that you know and that you're good with is 
unless you're a particular type of player who's very good at just picking up a medalist and, and doing well with it. Um, there's not many of them around, though. Most people get better the more reps, I guess. Yeah, very much. Uh, that was a really good end to a tournament because obviously, like me, Steve, and Will all went undefeated on that one. But, so like, but Will cheated. Uh, yeah, well, I wasn't going to bring up the fact that he's a massive cheater. <laughs> <laughs> and, and pur- purposely cheated. I hope he's listening again. <laughs> you know, he's not. He, he can't he, even defend himself. He, mess- he messaged me the other week saying he was listening. Was he? Yeah. Nice. Hi, Will. He'll come he back he, at some he said point. He still hates you. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> can't, can't blame him, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, and then it just ended up that neither of them went. It was just me and Tim. <laughs> Obviously, yeah, Jack Steve, went because it was paid for. Yeah, Steve couldn't go really because his daughter was born. Like, I mean, he, the so week what, before he could, World have an, he could have another one. He <laughs> <laughs> might never yeah. qualify again, but he could have another kid. <laughs> right. That's why Tom got abandoned by his dad. <laughs> <laughs> and then he got stuck with Scott. I would suggest that he's a dangler. <laughs> right. Shall we um shall we start off on the on the uh, final for you so you can get the the crushing defeat out of the way? And then yeah, we can we talk about well, more positive things. <laughs> yeah. So um do you want to talk about your list, Tom, and then uh I'll, I'll read out the um, your opponent's list. Yeah, so I was on a slight slight take on the fire sprays um, with a with a slight slightly bigger bid than what seemed normal. So I dropped down to one ninety five um, as I was only using one force user. Um, so I'd got um, fairly standard loadouts apart from the fact I downgraded my Zam to have perceptive copilot and uh, predator. Did um and, did predator did predator trigger much? Yeah, in the games, in in some games, it was um it was really useful. It was really useful, and the theory behind it was anything that shoots twice gets a little bit more value out of predator. Um, it was as simple as that, and uh, it it was probably in reality an upgrade that triggered more in the games that you were already favoured in. Um, but yeah. against some of the beefier lists where they'd got quite a lot of stuff and they occupied a decent amount of board space, it probably did get a bit of value. Um, and it's something I, w- I would probably keep for its points. Um, it's just the opportunity cost of what else you could put in there, I guess. Mm. Is there anything um, else you would have uh, possibly changed from your list? Um, no, other than that, I was relatively happy. Um, obviously, I came up into some other fire sprays who'd got the double force using and there's obviously good value in there. Um but the the less often you boost, the perceptive copilot is, is incredibly valuable. Um so I just tried to back myself to generally put Zam in the right place and 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 get the value out of the double mods. And certainly in my cut games that was that was evident that the the two focuses really made Zam stay on the board a long time. And you have to uh give you credit where it's due that you had an incredible run considering you won the uh, the last uh, Sift Taker Cup and then you're in the final of the second one. Yeah, so, I was um, I was slightly disappointed because this both, is the one. Yeah, yeah once the first <laughs> lot was the scum version and then the Sift version. Um, but I must admit, I was super keen to try and retain this one, but unfortunately it wasn't to be. But my opponent in the final fair play, absolutely lovely bloke. 
and um, and played really well. So I can't have any complaints, to be honest, because <laughs> he trapped me and he executed it well. So happy days, it happens. I think the final was, a for myself, it was a um, it was one of those moments where you realise that that's what the reps are about because I was trying to think of a plan there and then. Whereas yeah. when I've played my best X-Wing, I know the plan and it's just about executing it. Whereas the final felt like I was making the plan up and trying to execute it. Um, and yeah, he, tra- he trapped uh, Django early. Uh, yeah. He caught me. If I'd have done the, th- ironically, if I'd have done the three bank the other way, I was in a really good place. Um, but no, it wasn't to be. He trapped me. He got a load of damage on me. Was well ahead early on. Um, I tricked myself into thinking that I was actually coming back at one point, but no, he wasn't to be, and he killed me. Um, <laughs> I, I got think, it a bit um, close. I think it was close. There was there was a moment where if you'd have managed to pop the two ships. Yeah, you, you probably would have been all right. I mean, it would have been lucky for you to get it, to be honest. Yeah, it was. It, it got to a point where there was actually a a possibility of me doing it, but yeah, it was no question it would have been lucky for it to happen. Yeah. Um, but when it got down to the sort of seven or eight minutes to go, I, I did actually think for a second, oh, maybe, maybe. But <laughs> no, he set up another um, set up another missile shot, and he got me. I think we might have to. Decided that fire sprays are the the new Tom Reed ship rather than the um what's in the first uh, Shadowcasters. <laughs> yeah, I mean I do second edition fire sprays. I think we all know are a bit a bit good. Um, a they're just bit. so flexible. Yeah, they're so flexible and the the three dice rear gun um is phenomenal. Um, so you can you can fly them pretty defensively, still get your shots and then load them out. You know bombs through. Um, yeah, they're just they're probably a little bit too flexible. <laughs> I wonder if we'll see the crew taking off the separatist ones as well. Maybe in time, maybe in time we lose we lose that as well. But I don't think they are bobber level good. Personally, I think they are good, but the old slave one was a bit of a joke. Um, their abilities are straight worse than Bobba's and the old slave one is better than the new slave one I mean the new slave one Liam um, Ian Baker Liam Barker whatever his name is anyway that fella um, big big tall guy big tall guy Um, (laughs) he he was using the new slave one title for a bit to do um, unblockable auto blaster crits into things Um, and you know he was getting value out of doing it um, but yeah, I, I think uh, one of the lists that went quite deep into the Sith Taker Cup had gone like spend all two hundred points and gone all in on the the unblockable crits. Yeah, um, and I think there were quite a few double fire sprays that went deep into the tournament. They were mainly both using the uh, force users, but I think one of them had gone quite heavy into the the yeah, title was, auto um, blaster route. Stalin in the top four. Yeah. Yeah. So he must have played. Um, how did you say yeah. his name? It's Renault. Renault. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, he knocked. He knocked double fire spray out twice in a row. That's correct. I think. Um, I think he was fairly happy with how the um, the draw had worked out for him because he was quite confident into that matchup, and I think I can see why. I guess though, if you're in a, if you if you are wanting to play seriously right now, you need to have a plan how to deal with double fire sprays. And also Absolutely. the um, the barons. Yeah, I think the barons is um, is one that's emerged. At, but yeah, the logical is you've got to be able to deal with double fire sprays because tournament results suggest that, that you will find them somewhere if you're going to go deep into an event. I think if you make cut, you're probably going to hit them. 
yeah. mean, just in our cut, there was just glancing down. I've seen three, I think, up to now. Yeah, I think there was three in the eight, wasn't there? And then two in the four. Yeah, yeah, something along those lines. Yeah, if you if you're gonna if you're gonna hit one, you want to hit one in cut rather than on the way to cut because if you hit one in round one or two, it probably means that you're gonna hit loads when you're in the salt mines because all <laughs> the people that brought it and didn't do so well or who don't understand how fire sprays work um, and use them poorly, um, you know, like jousting the resistance jousting block with Django and wondering why he died in one round yeah. of fire, you know, that kind of thing. Is um, you know, that's not how you play against that list. But a lot of people think, oh well, it's only five resistant ships and two of them are pods. What can it do? It's like, let me show you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you Turns know. out quite a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. I was just um. I was just thinking about the the fire sprays. I mean, it's getting to the point now where the fire sprays are almost in their own little sub meta where they're bidding against each other and cutting upgrades and you know, changing up what they're taking in order to to try and outbid them so that they can get that kind of perfect information boost but um i mean interesting there was another event that happened this weekend um where uh resistance won but we're gonna try and get the guy who won on next week so we won't talk about it too much uh but he was flying um ray posizi with a bid that was deliberately aimed at being under the typical django zambid and that that was yeah. why he bid to EBIT to five, knowing that Django's ambids to three dropped false transponder codes, um, which is a great upgrade. But for him, that extra two points of bid was worth it. And he played against, so it was a Women of Star Wars event. So he played against Django's Am um, three times in the event and moved second every time. And with Poe moving after Django and Ray and Zizi moving after um, Zam, he, he said it was like he was autopiloting it. Like yeah. he's a very good player, like a very, very good player. Um, but you know, he was like previously when they're moving after you, it's an impossible matchup. So the bid well, yeah, is the thing that I gives played you the, a, um, the win. I, I played a Raypo in the cut for the cup, and he dropped four points on the basis that most of the fire sprays had dropped three. So at one ninety five, I had the bid by one, um, <laughs> and that basically meant I won. Yeah. Um, yeah. He was. You know, he he there was too much against him. Yeah, um, and the, that single point was the biggest single upgrade of the of the game. Um, just by going to one ninety five. Yeah, so, so I mean, it, to a points change. It's it's. Yeah. It, I think it's really interesting though, because I always find the the point in a meta where it's kind of solved in inverted commas, but it's not really, and yeah. people then start trying to counter the counters and like yeah. you know um that that ray easy list is a really strong counter to um django zam but django zam can bid even lower it can go down to like 193 yeah without losing any significant components um whereas that ray easy list really doesn't have any fat it can cut and still yeah, be effective yeah. yeah, you you can Even take if... the mis you can take the missiles off ZZ, but then ZZ's a two dice pop gun that's not really going to do much. Um, yeah. So, but I mean, we'll we'll talk about that more kind of next week, I think, because we're going to try and get Matty on um, after he won it. He said he said he can come on as long as it's not a time that we don't record at. So hopefully we'll get him on next week um, to talk through it. But yeah, it was just the the point about the bid being super important. So yeah. 
interesting. Five points appears to be where you go to now, but that just means that soon some people will start going to six or to yeah, seven. Yeah, exactly. We we all um, force each other down then, and there comes a there is a breaking point where all the people running those fives force each other low enough that they then suffer into the rest of the meta. Yeah, and and you don't make cut. Well, that's the thing. Too many. You lose too yeah. many toys. You lose too many upgrades, and actually, you can't drag yourself through the other games. Yeah, so you're right bidding um, Django, Zam, you're right bidding Ray Poe, but um, you're not able to, well, you just don't have enough stuff to deal with M3 or Blaster 6 or um, Rocket Barons or, you know, all the other stuff that we see. And even with a fully functional um, double fire spray list, as, as, you know, happened in the final of the Sith Taker Cup, it's hard to take on lists like Rocket Barons um, with just two ships. So Yeah. And it comes a point where you, you start to lose into stuff that would be a good matchup otherwise, or you start to struggle into stuff that would be a decent matchup otherwise. Um, yeah. And I think we've seen it in lots and lots of metas through through all of X-Wing history, like the, the Premier list, especially when they're at the same PS, start to outbid each other. Um, and then they break themselves, and there has to be a way to find those points back again. Yeah. Want to um, just touch on the other list since we've spoken like on that one? Just just to point out how good that one is. Is basically the tracers. They throw a tracer into you and they've got you in bullseye, and then procket you to death. If anything doesn't get hit, they just ruthless some other ships as well. Is the gist of it? In it. Oh, was yeah, he I... ruthless or was he disciplined? Yeah, it's ruthless. It was ruthless. Yeah, it was. Um, I wasn't hundred percent convinced by ruthless, and then I saw it in action. I was like, yeah, it makes perfect sense. Finding that fifth hit. <laughs> Finding that fifth hit um, on a couple of occasions just means you push so much damage in spikes. It's um, it, it was it was good actually. It was in, it was an eye opener to see. It's very often you get in the five hits, aren't you? Because I think on average you should get three, shouldn't you? Just with the focus, roughly. Yeah, like you say, you've generally got a, a target lock from the from the prior mentioned tracers, and then with with the automatic change. You've got um, you've got that fifth hit generally, and often because you can use a ship that maybe you've blocked with, it's a ship that probably isn't getting shot as much, so you can take that damage there and not be too worried about it. It's a um, it's another one of them um, upgrades that I think people we've all been sleeping on. We've just decided it was bad. Yeah. Same same as um treacherous. We always like yeah treacherous. It's rubbish, and then we've never seen it see play, and then people started experimenting with it. I know one of our system opens, um, I think it was Josh Wood. Is he called Josh Wood? Brought a load of strikers and ruthless. And he basically, once one of his strikers died, he ruthlessed it to death. I think he made the cut with it. I can't remember how far into the cut he made it. He but did. No he, one... made, um, he made top 16, <clears throat> I'm going to say. I know he um, did well. Yeah, yeah, he did well, and that was exactly it. It was strikers with hull upgrade and uh, ruthless. Basically, it was um, like five of them, um, and yeah, they just um, zombie shipped one of them. <laughs> yeah, burned burned one of them into range one and stuff, and then just zombie shipped it and got three hits on everything. So yeah, yeah, no, and it, it it sounds counterintuitive to take the, the damage on a ship that's only got four health, but but actually, you're dealing ju- enough damage so that you're winning that race. Yeah. By finding that fifth hit, you know, often you, you know, by automatically pushing three damage through on the fire sprays, it was, it, it there's not long that they can take that for. No, Jan- Django showed that, didn't he? I mean, he caught Django yeah. early on and then 
He was basically yeah, he, killed him. <laughs> he melted me, yeah, he melted me. Um, and fair play to him because he set that up well. Um, we obviously had a plan and he executed it nicely. And um, yeah, it, it was good to watch. I mean, it wasn't nice to lose, but it was um, it was a, it was an eye opener. And you know, fair play. That's um, that's one to think about when I'm when I'm playing in the future. Um, and I guess that's all we can do, really. Yeah, if you learn Except from the game, it, try and learn it. from it. Exactly. Yeah. In the old days, I'd have I'd have liked to have repped that out a few times beforehand, but you know, life doesn't allow that so much now. So um, you know, thinking of trying to work out how to go about it, and and having played the final, it became evident that trying to create the plan and execute at the same time had, had proven a little bit um, through to my opponent having a, a very good game plan and executing it nicely. Yeah. Um, and I think this is, it just shows the, you know, if you're going into a big event, we, we've said it already today and before, you need to have a plan for how to deal with double fire sprays. And, and he obviously had one. Um, there's a bunch of lists that you need to have a plan for how you're going to deal with them. Um, you know, these days you've got um, that rebel token passing nonsense. You've got double fire sprays. You've got a bunch of um, kind of uh, yeah. I, I was going to say high high agility swarms of various flavors. Yeah. Um, so you know you you need to have a plan to to deal with each of those things. And if you bring a list and you think, well, I can't beat fire sprays or agility spam or rebel token passing, but anything else I've got a good game into. It's like, well, you're setting yourself up to have a 4-2 day if you're lucky, and probably 3-3. Yeah. Um, and if that's you know what you want out of a tournament is to fly something that's fun, but you know you won't beat the meta, then that's grand. You know, um, you have your good time, you have a few beers, you chat with your friends, you play a few games of X-Wing, but if you're going to an event with an intention to make cut and go deep into cut, um, then you have to plan for those meta lists and you have to well the most important thing I think is you have to plan to get reps in against them um, yeah exactly you have to feel like you've at least got a 50-50 chance I think yeah. because you're going to come up against people who are really competent on these and are flying them super well so you, you and I think have got to at least give you a, a chance yeah and even if you get list gap like even if you're flying into a really bad matchup if you've got reps against that matchup and you know that there is you know, one plan that if you execute it and they make a couple of mistakes and you get a bit lucky, then you can win the game rather than it going, you know, I just can't win this. Um, which if you don't have practice against a bad matchup, um, you know, and then you always have to remember that you can lose one game and still make cut. That's the important yeah, thing. I think even yeah. even to a degree, like there were, there were lists and situations in the, in the days gone by where I did do a huge amount of um, reps and testing. Um, even if it was a case of, I've tried five things against this and none of them have worked. At least I didn't do any of those in that next game that mattered. Even if yeah. it was that, even if I'd crossed off a load of things that I might have otherwise tried in the game that mattered, um, that was good enough because sometimes the sixth thing did work. You know, often it didn't, but you knew the other five didn't. So at least you hadn't wasted the one that did matter on one of those occasions. Like you, the more things you tried, the more things you could tick off and the more data you'd got to draw upon when you yeah. were making those critical decisions. Um, you know, I've watched that final back and, you know, having analysed it and had a bit more time, the the bank that I attempt was 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 a poor move. It, in reality, it was never going to work. Um, it was the easiest place for him to put multiple ships. It was the easiest place for him to set up other firing lines. I probably should have two turned away to the left from where, Jan from where Django was. Um you know, in hindsight, the three bank the other way is the perfect move. Um, but the one I actually chose 
you know, I'd like to think that having had a few reps and a bit more time against that list, that was the one that was obvious to block and, and easiest for him to block. So, you know, that I think the value of reps is. Yeah, I think that's, um, it shows like um, why um, I don't want to, you know, blow smoke up your arse too much here, but I think it shows why you achieve um, good results in tournaments that you attend um, is because you analyze games and you identify the mistakes that you made and then you figure out a way to play that matchup without making those same mistakes. You don't think, oh, my dice, or, oh, that was just unlucky, or on another day I'd have beaten him. You go and you look back and you think, what could I have done differently? And you no, try different things. My games yeah. always are my dice. Always, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 100%. <laughs> always. But that's the thing, you know. Yeah, you can look at it and you can think that's my dice. And it takes a, a huge level of self-awareness to be actually able to analyze a performance in a way where you focus on what you did wrong rather than focusing on the random element and saying it must have been the random element that was to blame not me um if you focus on what you did wrong even if you won because the random element supported you um there was a thing one of the american podcasts said a while ago which is um and i'll butcher the latin here but it's it's post hoc ergo propter hoc which is because it worked out i was right it doesn't matter if you made a decision that is like one in 10 chance of working out and that one in 10 chance comes up. It doesn't mean it was the right decision. It means Absolutely. that the nine in 10 chance was the right decision. You made the wrong decision and looked out of it. And what a lot of people talk about when they say, oh, my dice have failed me was I put myself in a spot where I needed my dice to bail me out or I needed my dice to do something specific and they didn't. Um, yeah, exactly. Results-based analysis is not is not the way. Just like you say, because it worked, doesn't necessarily mean it was the right choice. Um, yeah. There's a there's actually a moment in the final where I've sort of tried to escape with Django, and Django's heading off up towards the top of the board, um, and I, I shoot, I strip a focus, um, I then get killed at range three by two dice, and I just need one evade to live. Um, and it would it'd be easy to turn around and say, well, if Django lives there, I then drop two bombs right into the centre of his formation. I'm in a really good place. But in reality, Django should already be dead. You know, Django's looked out already. The That <laughs> moment is why I lost. The It would be easy to t- look back and say that's the reason that I could, I could have just evaded there. I'd have lived and uh, happy days. The, the, I've lost with the three bank at the start. Let's not, uh, let's not mess around. Um, the fact that other luck then went my way to live a little bit longer than I should have um, isn't the reason that game was lost. Um, and I think it's trying to identify moments like that. It's it's really easy to find those moments where you're like, well, I've done over a bit there. But most of us, and, and, and in most games, there are moments prior to that or um, there are critical decisions you've made before that, that you're in that place with the dice, which you've just said, you know, um, and often the dice don't help you out when you when you desperately need them to because of all mistakes. Yeah, I think I think one of the things that people talk about is to say, oh, he's a good player because he sees the matrix. And what they're really saying is he's looking two, three, four turns ahead um, or identifies, you know, I've lost this game now because in two turns, my dash or my hand or something is going to be trapped in a corner. And there's nothing that I can do to stop that from happening because I turned right there instead of going straight or turning left or whatever. Um and you know experienced or very good players can do that looking ahead and like 
you know, thinking about different options and different choices. I mean, that's yeah, not to say that sometimes your dice do screw you. You know, we've oh, all seen happened. we've all seen games where you know you land you, you land in range one with target lock focus of of a one health ship that's the only thing shooting you back, and you can initiative kill it, and it's only got two greens or whatever, and you whiff and then re-roll and whiff again, and then they shoot you and you whiff and you die and they live and you lose the game, and it's like well. You know, the odds of that happening were like 5%. I made the right decision, yeah. but, yes, you know. I mean, it does my... happen, but I think it happens an awful lot less often than people would like to think. Oh, absolutely. The dice are the easiest thing to blame. Your dice and then your list. Um, really, the the easy the, the thing that causes you to do most of your losses is, is the human error. Making the wrong action choice, making the wrong targeting priority, just dialing in the wrong move, but being self-aware. And often, actually, it, it's difficult to actually look at yourself. Um, and there are some techniques and things that, you know, you can use to do it, um, like um, self-analysis stuff. Um, but it's it's not comfortable. Um, no, the first few times not. you do it, it's not comfortable at all. Because um, no, it means taking some ownership of the loss. Yeah. Basically. And that's why it's potentially not the easiest thing to do, because you're not looking for a way out. You are just accepting that actually you made a poor And um, the result of that poor choice is you lost that game. Yeah. That's the bottom line. And it's you know it's it's much more palatable to say well actually those bad dice got me. Mm-hmm. No one ever remembers that point though where those good dice saved you. Exactly. It's, always, it's exactly. only the time that it fails you. You know when you you accidentally got range one of something and managed to nat you out and just fly away. That's yeah. gone uh, until like, that turn that you you know roll a crit on a debris or something. I had a I had, I had a game playing against an absolutely lovely chap in Birmingham um, at the end of one point um, and he was playing um, Ray, I think. Uh, he was beating me all ends up, and I'd got the ghost. Um, and then I just dropped four crits out of hand. <laughs> and and then he got all sorts of horrible crits, and the game just was like, well, that's that done then. Thanks, Dice. That that resolved that one. And the, <laughs> the poor lad just didn't know where to look. Probably over um, your head, he, I imagine. Yeah, well, well past me. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, it, it does happen. It happens both ways. And, and like you said, yeah. the ones where it saves you are really easy to get. Yeah, I always try and, when I'm playing, I always try and pick out a point where my dice have saved me. Yeah. When I don't deserve it, just to try and remind myself that, you know, it, it does, does happen, happen both ways. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think this is it's why important. when people, it's why when people complain about their dice immediately after a game it's always a bad conversation because they're remembering all the bad stuff but you're remembering all the good stuff that they got because it was bad for you so they're going oh man my dice sucked so hard and you're like no they didn't you rolled natties out of hand four times over there and then three times over there and i had a shot to kill you at range one and you nattied out of that and it's like i know but i took that crit on that debris right at the end and you won the game because of it It was like man come on (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I think, I think though, generally, uh, I think you go and speak to some of the the top players out there, and I think they've all. The one thing they will show is they've all got that ability to dice away and say, "How do I get better? How did this happen?" That's that's probably why they are where they are, because they have that ability to say, um, "How do I fly better? If I keep flying better, dice will reward me over time." Yeah, I've, I've heard. You know, you look some of those that you see some of those names that have appeared over and over again at the top. It's like they're not lucky. Yeah, I've, I've heard. There. I've I've heard somebody say, um, you know, 
somebody complaining about their green dice like blanking out and and uh oh, my dice were so bad and um i think it was um gary mcdowell just said doesn't help if you're only rolling green ones mate yeah <laughs> you know, it's yeah, like, that's so true you're not shooting my ships you're not gonna win the game yeah, um eventually like you roll enough green ones and some of them will be blank yeah i mean that's the way you kill those you know those high green swarms i mean it's one of the reasons i don't fly um high, high, I, I don't fly aces i don't fly ships with three green dice for preference because i like to fly ships that can take a punch and put my ships in places where they can take a punch um yeah. and I, i'm not very good at flying aces and so i put them somewhere and i go i'll be all right here as long as i can get two evades on four dice that's not the way to play aces. What you should be doing is saying, I'd rather take an unmodified shot into you and not get shot back um, than, than risk taking that punch. I like those shields. I like a whole stack of them. Um, and, and and I don't fight the variants. Um, it's, it's, why, it's why fire sprays are good. It's why IGs yeah. used to be really good. Three green dice and eight health on an IG. It's absurd. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. Fire, fire spray is very similar. You know, ton of health, a couple of greens. Yeah, actions yeah, decent help behind two behind two greens yeah and a good dial oh i saw um right, I saw before game... you, you waffle on more about dice shall we hit on to the xd6 so uh, we've got things to hit and this time go on then yeah i'm, I'm <laughs> for time to be fair yeah. okay. <laughs> um should we just touch briefly on it because obviously tom's a bit of a veteran and uh rich is a new xtc yep just, just anything you really want to talk about? I mean, how are you finding the sort of the warm up, Rich? Tom's probably done this sort of thing a few times. Yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit odd. Um, I'll be honest, um, because uh, like you, you get given a list effectively or an archetype because you know you're you're structuring your your team um, in a way that your captain can hit specific matchups. Um, and you know they they give you a list or an archetype to fly, and then you want to practice using that list or that archetype. But you have to be careful who you practice it against and where you practice it. Mm-hmm. And then your teammates don't want to practice into your archetype because your archetype isn't the kind of thing that your captain's going to try to pair them into. Sort of. So it's it's a bit odd trying to find um, practice games, to be honest. Um, but I'm really looking forward to it. Like it starts at the end of this month. I think the lists have to be in at the end of this week, um, or for I think it's Sunday. Um, so I mean, I've I've submitted mine. It's it's locked in and it's not changing um, because if I start opening myself up to changing it now, I'll I'll just be like tweaking and moving things around, and I'll, inev- I'll inevitably make a good list worst by taking. That is kind of something. your thing. Yeah. So I'm I'm leaving it. I'm I'm set. And I know it's a decent list, so I'm I'm set with it. Um, and then it's kind of in the hands of the captain to put me into matchups. But I mean, um, can you really tweak Venny much more? <laughs> you know, you know. To be honest, to be honest, there's an awful lot of variation of um, lists and resistance, um, which have got wiggle room for about eight to twelve points, where you can kind of do whatever you want. Um, so like if you've got ZZ for example what missile do you put on ZZ if you're taking Venny what bombs stealth device or not additional hull do you do the ray builds do you do the page builds and it's all about what you think the meta is going to be because those different builds are different into different things 
Um, so I've basically just done what I'm told, and I'm flying the list that I've been told to fly. Um, because then if it goes terribly badly for me, it's not my fault. So. Yeah. What, about, what about you, Tom? Because obviously you've done this, I think this is like your third or fourth time, is it? Yeah, this is my third. This mm. is my third time. Um, I love it. I must admit, um, team format is the uh, is my favourite way to play X-Wing. Um, most stressful way to play X-Wing, but it's definitely my favourite. Um, and yeah, it's nice being back in uh, in the English side. Um, <laughs> that's uh, that's that's good. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I like this experience. I like the um, I like the chat. I like the um, I like all the work that goes in at this point to try and come up with a, a winning solution. Um, and I suspect, to be fair, um, a lot of groundwork is going in across a lot of sides at the moment. Ollie's fantastic at it. You know, credit where it's due. He's absolutely. I have heard Ollie's it. very good at it. He's fantastic, um, and the effort is um, is phenomenal, really. And I suspect a lot of captains out there, are, you know, are the same. Um, but I, I, is... I think the captain's quite possibly the hardest job because yeah, sometimes no sometimes you've got to be the bad guy, haven't you? And go, no, 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 you're doing this. Yeah, yeah, no question about it. I think you know, there's some tough choices for them to make. Um, less so, less so in in this format, but certainly in person. Um, think of really other underutilized role was the sort of manager um in person they were critical um and i thought last year really opened my eyes to, or the last one that took place really opened my eyes to how important that was uh, as well um so maybe something that we'll get on when we get back to um, um but yeah i think that the the captain role itself is um is tough and you've got to have a, a really high amount of dedication to do it and a lot of time um do it well so fair play to I can almost yeah, we... guarantee that Ollie's got about fifty spreadsheets on the go because he is a spreadsheet master. Well, no, he's got um, <laughs> he's got he's got Phil GC in to help him with the um, with the matchups and the pairings because Phil's okay. um, Ollie's saying that Phil's really good at kind of um, head simming, but not head simming like saying you know this is your pairing and this is how you beat it, kind of you know like high level strategy for mm. like target choices and like deployment and rocks and all that kind of stuff. So. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. I mean, we've got a non-playing captain um, because of the time um, and the number of people and, uh, you know, just uh, various other factors. Gary decided to um, be non-playing and that's basically meaning that he can be quite abstracted from, yeah. you know, he's not invested in trying to give himself a good matchup and get seven wins. You know, no, he's, he's not, he's not interested in that. Um and, you know, he, he has said there will be rounds where you get thrown under the bus, but I'll try not to throw you under the bus every round. Um, so, but, you know, if it turns out that... Team, I think the team needs players. I mean, I, quite frankly, I, if we win XTC, but I lose a few days, yeah. I just don't care. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like if we win XTC, I'll take If it means the team wins, that's the right thing for the team. I mean, I really hope I don't lose 10 games. But, you know, like, I think you just need people who want to succeed. Yeah, I think I think I mean it. It gets to the point where I was looking at some of the teams, and on on like almost all the teams, you recognise two or three names. Yeah. Um, as being you know particularly strong players, and and this is obviously because of where we live. But the the England team is basically like Ollie's had a, a cherry pick from a rather large group of players who are interested in playing. Um where some of the other nations have kind of gone, I've got seven X-Wing players and only three of them have used TTS. So I need yeah. to convince them to play 
and convince them to pay for Tabletop Simulator and get experience. And they've managed to do it because, you know, it's the, it's the XCC and the people want to be involved in it. Um, but, you know, some, some people are having to be like, you know, let, let's just get as many people together as we can. Um, and a lot of countries that have got one or two good players just weren't able to find another two to, to fill out the, the rota of, you know, people with the right nationality to be yeah, yeah. Uh, supplemented. By, uh, by be like, just be like Tom and play on whoever will take him. Yeah, I, I couldn't <laughs> be uh, couldn't be fussy before. We got third. We got third, and that was the important I, thing. I think though, as well, you've got to remember this time is like you, Rich. You probably wouldn't have travelled to Euros before. No. So you probably wouldn't. You probably won't get another chance to play because it's online. You know, good players who might maybe not travel as yeah, much maybe. get a chance to play. Absolutely, yeah. I think um, availability for this one is um, is is going to be at its peak. I think what we're doing, we're chatting to um, Filippo Pifo the other week about it, and he was like, you know, they're they're up to around about forty countries. And he said it's never going to be that big again, unless you know somebody starts paying for people to travel from different countries, um, yeah. because you know you, you you get the people who are traveling anyway, and then you form teams from the people that are there. And then you get the United Nations team and you get, you know, a bunch of other people and, you know, you get, you know, the Welsh team that's got the one Welsh fella there and then four people who live vaguely close to Wales, um, you know, or as it's also known, England, um, yeah. you know. But we were um, we were chatting the other one. I mean, Bob's played for England and Ireland. And I know the last time it was England, it was, you know, Ollie just went, Bob. Can you make it? And Bob said, "Yep, I'm going anyway. Let's go." And he joined the team. And it's like about people being able to get to the event itself, um, as well. You know, you don't just want to go. Oh, you've got loads of money, but you're crap. You know, loads of money, but a strong player. That's that's what you're looking for. Yeah, but, indeed. Um, yeah. Decent subs. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. It's gonna be um, it's gonna be exciting. Um, what what faction have have you been lumbered with, Tom, or is is that under um, under a D notice as well? It's currently up for discussion. Is <laughs> it still? <laughs> wow. Between a couple. Well, 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 let's be honest. He can either be playing scum or separatist because they're the ones who have the fire sprays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's worked it out. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking they might have pushed you towards resistance with um, the the success you had with the joystick block. Um, for a bit but um yeah i guess that was one way that could have gone but um yeah that was the kyber cup list yeah yeah, yeah. yeah that was one way it could have gone <laughs> but it, it hasn't so it's fire sprays right good 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 Indeed. i think um <laughs> really when, when we know more about uh all the lists next tc things i think tom was quite interested to come back on weren't you and talk more yeah, about come, it when, just, yeah, when you can talk about it a bit more freely yeah yeah exactly yeah Exactly yeah, we can we can go through a whole bunch of the um, like a whole bunch of the different squads and the teams and their their lists and their you know compositions and what archetypes they've brought and all that stuff and it'll be super interesting. Um, yeah, that to... makes a good episode. That yeah. Um, I did you want to talk about a, a couple of episodes on that? To be honest, because there'll be a lot yeah, of lists and a, a lot, lot of content. Oh, yeah, what <laughs> one episode per country? Yeah. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Content for the year sorted, locked in, boys. Let's go. We'll still be talking about list by the time it's over. <laughs> um, shall we talk about in-person play then? Oh, I can't wait. 
mentioning Mr. Bob D. I'm going to go and play with Mr. Bob D on Thursday. I cannot wait. Yeah, I've got... I'm well um, excited. I've I am got... gutted that I couldn't play you on Wednesday. I was looking forward to seeing your stupid face. You nearly abandoned your child for me, but then you no. remembered <laughs> that you had some parental duties. You know, if I didn't, <laughs> if I didn't have to go in the pool, I probably would have found someone to help. It's the fact that I have to go in the pool with her. <laughs> All right. I could have come and set up a board on the side. It would have been fine. <laughs> <laughs> just tell me your you move and you just want to see me with my shirt off again. <laughs> <laughs> Who wouldn't? <laughs> Anyone with eyeballs. <laughs> yeah, no, it's um I'm playing on Wednesday with um Rich King, so one of the Sith takers who, you know, lives two miles up the road from me or something. But so we're both gonna drive half an hour to play a game of X a couple of games of X Wing and Element. But um just wanna get back to the club really and um have a couple of games. I mean, that's uh, half of it for me as well. It's just the idea of going back down. Yeah, yeah seeing the bar child. Yeah. I'm so sad. I'm so sad that they've not opened on a Tuesday yet. Because, like, no. Tuesdays, uh, Tuesdays, like, the X-Wing night. That's when we go and play X-Wing. And they're open from Wednesday to Sunday. And we're like, dudes, come on. <laughs> I was, like, trying to trying to find somebody to come and play on Wednesday was awful. Because everybody's like, no, I don't play X-Wing on Wednesday. I play X-Wing on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Tuesday's locked in for me. It's pretty much yeah. Emma knows that I'm going to be playing X Wing on a Tuesday. She never arranges anything on a Tuesday because she knows I'm not there. <laughs> she might arrange something and then suddenly there'll be no car and no husband. <laughs> one, uh, one time, her birthday fell on a Tuesday and I went and played X Wing first till she came and met me and then we went somewhere. <laughs> yeah. It's fully locked in. <laughs> But I, I, I get, I'm a bit excited because I'm going to pack my bag tomorrow. Put all my stuff back in and get my templates and stuff out. Yeah, I did it today. I've packed a couple of lists. I've, um, I've actually bought two ships for picking up when I get there. Have you? Nice. <laughs> um, I've, uh, I've, I've uh, commissioned uh, Enigma Wargaming to do me of any at last. I'm surprised it's taken you so long. I know, but like I was just putting it off and putting it off and putting it off and being like, I'll, I'll, I'll stop flying them at some point and then I just never have. Like, I always put something different in my bag and then it comes around to a tournament. So I've pretty much decided for the Sith Taker Open in August, I'm going to be flying my Veni list just because I'm going to have um, a repainted um, T70, which was the one that I won at the last Sith Taker Open for coming top resistance. So a black one coloured Poe. And then I'm going to be using the one that he's painted me for Venny, and then I need to get an A-Wing sorted out. So whether I just buy some red paint and put a splash on one of the blue ones myself, um, or if I get him to do an A-Wing as well, or get somebody else to do an A-Wing, I don't know. We'll see how I mean, it goes. I make fun of you for flying that list, but I actually put it on the table the other day and I remembered how fun it was. Oh, that's just, great. Just rolling in there going, eat my dice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's it. It's uh, it's a ship that doesn't care about its green dice and it rolls double modded reds. So what's not to like? <laughs> it's perfect for me. I, have, I think it was you who said it, Rich, that when you play, because you have actually played a, a game already, haven't you, with Sean? Yeah. Um, and you say now everything felt big. Yeah, everything feels massive because it's not on a monitor. Um, but the manoeuvres don't go anywhere near where you expect them to do. Like, so you have to eyeball everything really carefully. We were chatting before we started recording. Tom was saying like three banks don't go where you think they go 
when you do it in person. <laughs> it's cool. They go really far in the wrong direction, and it's a bit confusing. <laughs> um, and like if things just all bump into each other, and templates, and you know, getting tokens out of boxes, and you know, I was packing up my bag for Wednesday um, today, and I genuinely like had to just keep getting everything back out again because I was like, oh chits for bases oh dials oh um, <laughs> it was like all the things that you just like don't have to worry about it in tts because you just press spawn on a list know, and there it is for you i've got some really nice templates and i can't wait to use them again yeah <laughs> oh it was really nice like, I, I played a game against my boy um like a learning game against the boy and i was just enjoying moving chips around with the templates and he was you going daddy no no he was going daddy can i have a turn and i was like oh yeah it's just that all the ships are on my side of the table so it's easier for me <laughs> to do it <laughs> and he's going i can walk around i was like all right fair enough come on <laughs> why don't you just go outside and leave me alone <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, I might as well have been playing myself, but it's all fine. <laughs> I was I actually, um, um, played the solo game. Did you lockdown? Yeah, just so I could play with my toys. It was quite fun, actually. I've never, I've never done it. I even forgotten it. It had existed. The, the problem is because, because obviously we try and beat the game, don't we? After playing it for about ten, fifteen minutes, I sort of figured things out. I was like, right now, nah, I can beat this by doing that because don't matter what it does, cause the way that it's sort of programming works as such. Like, I know it's not going to come there. <laughs> yeah. So that, that side of things did get a bit silly. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Because I think that was one of the things that they said about the, um, they said about, uh, oh, what was it called? The first edition one? Atari, yeah. Atari Cluster. Yeah. Was that the AI for that was really good in terms of like how it engaged. Like, Apparently, it, I've not read, I've not found it. I've heard that the, uh, Heroes of Atari Cluster has been updated for 2.0. If anyone does want to try and find it, it's supposed to be very good. Yeah, I've not seen that, but no, I believe you. Yeah, somebody told me about it. Yeah, somebody will have done it. Yeah, it is good. So, uh, yeah, anyway, in-person play, it's coming back, and it's, um, yeah, it takes a bit of getting used to. And uh, it's a bit confusing. Like, um, I was chatting to... Um, Ollie a little while ago and he was like he was saying he plays like 90% of his games on the laptop because he hasn't got or like on his computer because he hasn't got um, like easy access to a regular game night um, or like for the amount of practice that he wants to do so he was playing like Vassal and TTS all the time and like his majority of games that he plays in person are actual tournament games and I was like I would not be able to <laughs> like never play on the table and then like once a month go to an event and play six games on it like i mean he is a once a month or even twice a month event player but like if i didn't play on a table at least once a week i would just i just forget literally everything like, also, yeah. to give all these shout as well um he's also pretty good at painting chips i've seen a couple he's painted yeah yeah you never you never don't see him using much in tournaments but on another discord he shared some pictures of him i was quite impressed yeah, he's got an awful lot of um, blue and yellow going on. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like they've got a theme over in the 186. Just do everything <laughs> in blue and yellow, it's all good. We're just black and blue. And a bit of grey and some white. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, right, I'm going to wind it down now because we're waffling. That's true. Most Mostly rich. <laughs> I nearly called you Richard then. That's fine. It's my work name. 
<laughs> Richard Cranium. Exactly. Uh, anyway, so has uh, anyone got any shout-outs? Uh, no, no more than the usual. So Anything from you, Tom? No, nothing for me. Just thanks for having us on. It's been nice to get back on and nice for you to have me on when I haven't won something. That was pleasant <laughs> of you. You're welcome. Anytime, Come on, more, mate. I like yeah, insulting I'll... you. Yeah, exactly. You got that out of your system for a good while. I thought I was pretty. Tried. I thought I was pretty well behaved, considering how we are in real life to each other. Yeah, we were lovely, really. <laughs> uh, definitely get me back on board. We'll do some XTC. Um, yeah, that'd be, be great. It would be good, mate. It'd be nice to hear what yeah, you have that... to say about things. Yeah, no, be quality. I'll um, I look forward to that, and um, maybe even convince Captain Fantastic to come on with us as well. <laughs> but Scott, <laughs> not Scott. <laughs> <laughs> that, that can be a different special episode I think that would have to be a live after dark one <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. And he'd have to not have had a drink so probably wouldn't happen no exactly <laughs> yeah, and just, just another shout out to the, the Tins again because they give us a shout out on their podcast just saying um, that this was good and it was nice of him um, yeah so anyway so it's uh, goodbye from me uh, goodbye from Rich goodbye uh, goodbye from Tom See ya. And Tim can't say it, but goodbye from him, and we'll see you all next time.